The Rugby Report is sponsored by Betfred. More, more, more! That's what we like! This tournament has not disappointed so far, and with five more games coming up this week, we can't get enough of it. Just when the Canadians thought they'd had enough, the Springboks are next up. It's a must-win for Argentina against the USA, and Scotland should have few problems against Russia. Pool D could be in for a shake-up as Wales take on the unpredictable Fijians, but Australia should have a much smoother game against Georgia. Remember to check Betfred online and on the app for special offers, double delight and more. Whenever you bet, Betfred. 18s and over, be gambleaware.org, full T's and C's apply. See betfred.com for more information. When the fun stops, stop. The Rugby Report, Japan 2019 with Betfred. Hello and welcome. It's the Rugby Report, Japan 2019 with Betfred. Episode 9, how did we get here? My name is Nick Heath and, uh, well, I've not been to an onsen in days. I'm, I'm Tom May and I am back in Kobe. My second <laughs> where home. Tom May, where Tom May now lives. I've been here three times um, to this hotel and I've had the same room three times. <laughs> I'm basically hiding you, stuff in this room <laughs> and it's still there. <laughs> Mind you, isn't that we're, we're sort of learning that that is obviously the Japanese thing? Like, we, as as uh, as you posted a picture of a Japanese businessman who uh, was asleep on Friday night, Saturday morning. He had his laptop case and his phone had fallen out of his pocket. But but the the thing is that that's all going to be there when he wakes up, from what we hear. Yeah, just pass out on the street. He's literally his phone was. He had his headphones in. He was lying on the tiled floor in the middle of a station, and his phone yeah. was like dragging out behind him. And then his sort of briefcase was. Maybe a foot and a half behind him. It's just, oh wow! It's like people just walking past him, like looking at him. I mean, I, it's sort of like he, he also just dropped down. Like it, that's that's not a sort of delicate. I'm going to just sit here and no. put my stuff and have a sleep. That's like and I'm down. Also, it's just like oh my god, I'm tired. Sleep <laughs> on the like some manky hanging floor. Yeah. Ugh, Excellent. Horrible. That is what they do. That is how they do it here. It mm. is very much work hard. Hence, it is very much play hard. Hence the pod hotels, I think. Apparently that's where they came about. Yeah, because they were like, seriously, pal, you need a bed, not just the floor of a station. Yeah. Um, listen, thanks to all of you who have been tuning in and enjoying the Rugby Report and, uh, and getting in touch with us. Great to be hearing from you, whether you are in Tokyo or across Japan enjoying things or whether you're watching from Blighty back home or across the world. Um, it is the Rugby World Cup, of course. And, uh, well, me and Tom May delighted to bring you as much colour from it as we possibly can. Um, we're going to look back at five games. We're going to look forward to five games. And we're going to hear from a Rugby World Cup winner um, and an established old Argentinian sevens man who likes his coffee um so uh, so tom may let's get cracking if i may um we'll look back then and start uh with a game that was on saturday australia against uruguay seven tries 45 points to 10 uh spirited uruguay getting their consolation try uh but uh, the wallabies doing it despite two yellow cards yeah i mean they, they made a bit of hard work about it didn't they um mm. best part about that game i think 94 games for james slipper 94 caps and he got his yeah. first try I mean, yeah. that, that's some drought, that, isn't it? That is a drought, isn't it? I mean, it? if ever there's like a... Jet, he, at what point have you played 94 four caps and not been that close to scoring? I mean, he must have he must have given like passes to someone else every time. Um, Jordan Pattaya was outstanding. I gave him a bit of a rap before the, um, before the tournament started. He's only 19, uh, been mm. injured for a long time, came in and, and, and played brilliantly. Kurujani got a couple. Um, they were always going to win that one, though, weren't they? 
Yeah, well, so Australia now have two wins and uh, eleven points. They uh, they got a losing bonus, of course, as well. So uh, so they're on eleven. Um, Wales, who uh, well have got a game in hand, they are on nine points. Uh, Fiji seven, Georgia five, Uruguay four. That's how things are looking in that pool. Uh, England Argentina is the next one. Uh, a chance to uh, discuss how things went at the Tokyo Stadium. Uh, looked like a great affair. A red card and well, Lavanini has uh, has ruined the contest for everybody. It's not, I should say, to anybody who's making this point on social media that the laws have ruined the game for everybody. I'm getting a bit tired of this. Are you? Well, he twatted Owen, Fa- Owen Farrell in the face. Yeah, like properly hard. Yeah, what, what what you could tell by his face when um, Nigel Owens was walking up to him, he was just thinking, "Oh God." Yeah, you know, he knew exactly what was coming. Um, yeah, what, what other choice do the referee have to make? I mean, it's, yeah, you know, it's not the laws that have made the mistake; it's him, and he's got previous, isn't he? So, um, you know, yeah. I, I think um, it killed the game, uh, and it was a it was a competitive game before that, and and it sort of lost a bit of the crackle. Um, that we expect. I mean, do you think do you think a red card like that would have a major bearing on a result that ultimately is thirty nine points to ten? Well, no, because I I, I picked or I went for um, thirty two ten when I was chatting to someone the other day, um, and that yeah, that was assuming good. that there was only you know there was going to be fifteen people on the field. Um, mm. You know, I I don't think Argentina are anywhere near where they should be. Um, and I think some of the performances from some of the England players were were of a standard where we would expect them to put Argentina away comfortably. I thought George Ford was outstanding. I literally scratch my head sometimes with with some people. I, what they're saying, people keep going, oh yeah, but he's only playing against sort of relative minnows. Or this, this guy is in serious form. I think. Yeah. People basically just want to batter him because they then. They don't feel that he should be playing 10 because maybe they think, well, we should have Slade at 13, Manu at 12 and Farrell at 10. Well, Owen Farrell well, wasn't was great say, with the, the weekend, was he? With the likes of uh, with fans of Farrell's or with, uh, with fans of Slade or indeed fans of Cipriani, who I think have always had it in for George Ford, there does seem to be an awful lot of, uh, yeah, as you say, just people who are not seeing how well he's, he's playing. I mean, he gets a try, uh, and uh, as does Johnny May, Elliot Daly, Ben Youngs, Luke Cowan-Dickey. Well, he um, was another pre- one, I think, Elliot Daly. Yeah. He wasn't initially... Yeah, who, who actually looked so good under the high ball. I oh, think it was he? one of his best performances. Yeah, and yeah. all right, he might have had a little bumble as he was trying to catch that ball, but that, that was what helped him get over for the try, I think, because the Argentinian flew out thinking he was going to try and... or, or he was fumbling it. Um, mm. But I thought his kicking game was good. Um, I thought he looked far more assured. And that you know, I'm, I'm someone that was saying early on in the tournament that Watson should have been playing fullbacks, and that, And now... You know he had a he had a great performance. How good was it to see Jack Noll come on, run straight yeah. at someone, sit him down, and just run off and score in the corner? Yeah, absolutely hilarious. So Welcome good. back, Jack. Um, you've uh, you've been hanging around with uh, Santiago Gomez Cora, uh, the uh, the man who plays Argentina sevens, played for a good number of years. Um, introduce this little chat for us, will you? Yeah. So Santi and I we've been hunting um, coffee because sometimes it's a bit of a waste of a coffee. Everyone. And probably everyone knows what I mean by waste. You don't want to have just like dirty water in your cup, do you? You want to have yeah, a proper like coffee. Yeah, but even that's been pretty good for some of the places I've had um, had coffee yeah. over here in Japan. Anyway, we dug this one. There's a coffee museum on Port Island in Kobe, and it's taken oh. us three weeks to find it. But oh wow, what a find! 
I've seen the pictures on your social media. I'll try and post one of them on the, on the rugby report underscore Twitter. Um, it looks like a laboratory for coffee. It's amazing. Like three or four different ways of, of uh, I was going to say cooking coffee, making coffee. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and what was brilliant about Santi is that when I started um, drinking coffee, he just had like, I can imagine him with like a kettle, some, I don't know, gold blend or whatever. And uh, mixing it all up, he said he's gone. He's gone right the way through the repertoire. He's got like four machines now, all do various different things. And, what a and, snob! Yeah, basically. But he's all right. yeah, he was loving this place basically. Yeah, all right. Well, let's have a listen. Santi, we've got some amazing background music here for us. It's almost quite romantic. Um, I'll try and keep it. I'll try and keep it to the rugby. What do you? Uh, how do you feel about yesterday's yesterday's game up in uh, Tokyo between England and Argentina? Yesterday we had two different matches. The first, uh, the first match is with 15 players after the red card. That was okay, uh, and England deserved to win 100%. But there, there were two matches before the red card, and then after the red card, Argentina couldn't make his own game. And where can Argentina improve over the next week? They've got a tough week now, right? Ahead of playing the United States. When do they play? Towards the end of next week, I think, isn't it? Um, tough, tough week for them. Tough week. That is that is part of this game. Sometimes you feel amazing. You have the best week. You can enjoy your victory, and everyone wants to be in your place. But nobody wants to be in the in, in the shoes of the coach of the players right now. But it's part of the game. You sometimes win, sometimes lose, and it's part of this. And you have to learn of this kind of situation. Like like don't make a lot of change before a World Cup, or be careful with the. The red car warning that World Cup gave before they work the, the this championship. So there are a lot of things to learn to don't happen this kind of things again. And what positives will Argentina, what will Ledesma and um, Juan Pernández Lobe be taking out of the uh, the game yesterday? I don't know. I, I you have to be in that place to know uh, what they thought before to play against England. I my point of view is many changes before the. The, the, the most important match that Argentina have had in, in the last four years. And we've just found the most amazing coffee spot for us. We've been looking for coffee for, what, two, two and a half weeks now? After three weeks, we find the best place, <laughs> the first and best place of, to drink some coffee here. We saw a museum, a coffee museum, and it was an amazing experience because we shared with some friends the coffee and because we test one of the best coffee or the best coffee here in Japan. And you need to get some of this coffee to go home. It's quite interesting to find out you've got a whole raft of different coffee machines back in Argentina. It's a pain of the moment that you need to drink something different, but with five or six machines to, to, to make coffee, you feel comfortable with that. One of the best uh, finds you found in Japan. What have you been your best, what are your top three moments in Japan so far? Uh, this coffee is one. <laughs> uh, maybe the, the games of yesterday with Japan yeah, yeah, and, and Samoa, because it was our first match with both teams had the opportunity to win because the other teams, the other matches were a big difference in the score. But this one was the, was the host nice. and was the full. The crown was full and and the the moment of the last moment of the match was amazing. And uh, maybe another moment was the when Japan beat Ireland too. Yeah. So we watched it by TV, but was a was a very special moment because you feel in the street in everywhere uh, dressing the, the the jersey of Japan is not big fan country of rugby but now yes after that two or three result of Japan everyone is supporting the, the, the team thanks mate 
Thank you. So, uh, yes, you went through his three favourite moments of the Rugby World Cup, and number one was coffee. Um, so we really, we really should have seen that one coming. We set it up for that at the very least. Um, so uh, good to hear from him and, uh, and to hear from someone that you've been hanging around with a fair bit. Um, I, just before we go through a few more of the games, um, I wanted to just touch on the fact that uh, I put out on Twitter as to, uh, as to what people are enjoying the most. What have been their highlights of Rugby World Cup so far? Um, and, uh, and we'll drop another couple of these in, in a minute. But uh, let's start with Rugby Stig, who got back to us. Um, he gave us five. Number one, the Japan. Ireland match couldn't agree more um, fantastic upset and the hosts doing what the hosts should do on a big occasion like this um, his second was Uruguay against Fiji uh, so he's enjoying the upsets his third was the painted man uh, Baxan Baxan uh, who, who has just been everywhere um, well, they've got a song going for it now haven't they? Backstreet they? Boys oh Baxan's back, back alright back alright you should rush to the karaoke with that one. Um, and number four is The Gong. Uh, people have been God. enjoying The Gong. Oh. And uh, his point number five is England are still in it. Um, Mark O'Shea said the host nation has basically been the highlight. Um, Jerry Williams on a similar theme says every Japan game. Uh, and uh, Pete Breakwell says watching Johnny May, learning more about Japan and seeing lots of people posting videos on the Shinkansen. Um, we'll have a few more of those before we finish. Um, so thank you to all of you who, uh, who got in touch. Now then, uh, Japan against Samoa. You were at this one at the uh, Toyota Stadium. Yako Piper in charge of it. 38 points to 19 it finished. Um, and uh, it looked like an absolute riot. It was amazing. Just from having a walk around in the, um, in the area outside of the stadium beforehand with Conor McNamara, who's... Uh, who I'm working with in commentary, um, there were so many people in Japanese shirts, all having a great time, all buzzing to get into the stadium. Um, mm. When they got in there, I mean, if they could afford to shut the roof, it would have come off anyway, because it was so loud. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, and and then when Japan started doing and, and playing how we know Japan can, it it was brilliant, and the whole place just was, was absolutely rocking. Um, what... What Samoa are doing towards the end of the game, I just, I just do not know. They obviously had, they've got nothing to lose and wanted to try and get up the other end of the field and, and score a try. But I mean, to turn the ball over from a wonky feed and then just basically shove back twice and then score in the corner, that was, um, yeah. Uh, uh, what you know, they were desperate for that bonus point, Japan. It's going to be so important in that pool. It's going to be calculators at the ready next week, I think. So. You know, really key extra point for them, and and the place was was so loud. It, it was amazing to be there. I'm trying to sort of look at these these details. You know, if Scotland and Ireland both pick up bonus point wins before that Yokohama showdown, uh, then what do Japan need to do to qualify? Well, if they win or draw, they qualify. If Scotland take four points more than Japan from the game, then the hosts will be out. It doesn't bear thinking about after after how it's been for them. Uh, there are four points for winning, bonus point for scoring four tries, as we know, and a losing bonus if the margin of defeat is seven or less. If in defeat, Japan took... I'm reading this here from the Rugby World Cup website. Japan took both the four try bonus point and the losing bonus point they would top the pool they'd finish ahead of Ireland both team on 16 points so uh, yeah there is uh, well a fair bit of maths required in that pool um, but uh, but atmosphere not, wise, just not thinking Japan about it, just, just do what they need to do 
everything's in there. Well, hands, exactly. And just thinking about being being a sort of tier two nation and being awarded a Rugby World Cup, you have the 2015 that you've had beating South Africa, creating all those headlines. But you probably still think that you're this just just this little plucky romantic side, like to have actually you know played like they have done, albeit I think a little bit frantic against Samoa uh, before it sort of settled down a bit more. They're really showing themselves to be a fantastic team playing brilliant rugby and and their nation's got every reason to be get excited because it it's not like the plucky underdog is pulling off a result or two they're they're proving themselves to be great contenders it'll it'll only be a shame when they when they potentially meet the might of somebody that that might sweep them aside a little too easily well yeah and i think um with our with our further interview that we've got with Joel Stransky, he is he is convinced that Japan will not pull that off a second time round should they get through to the quarterfinals. He's um, he's adamant about that, so I'm pretty yeah. keen that we've got that on on um, on tape just in case it doesn't work. <laughs> Yeah, well, let's come to that shortly then. So, uh, so Japan running out the winners against Samoa, uh, New Zealand against Namibia. It was the procession we thought it would be seventy-one points to nine. But of course, uh, we all want to look back to that moment after about twenty-nine minutes when it was ten-nine. Um, which yeah. was just a, a beautiful moment in the game. Um, but uh, 11 tries for the All Blacks in the end. Two yellow cards for high tackles. Uh, but, uh, yeah, job done in the end. But, oh, Namibia would have been taking pictures of that scoreline after that amount of time. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Dave, uh, Phil Davis is really happy, isn't he, with the way that his um, his players have stood up and fought during this, this tournament, um, especially during these... The, the games against South Africa and, and against New Zealand were really, you know, they're going up against the two top teams in the, in the world, really. Um, mm. You know, they've stood up and given a good account of themselves. I thought Geordie Barrett played brilliantly at 10. Um, yeah. He's he's quality player, isn't he? Seve Reese has proved what a great finisher is. And talking of great finishes, what about that from TJ Perinara in the corner? That was incredible. Oh, Sensational, yeah, ridiculous. Um, and also, just as ridiculous, Captain Sam Whitelock, 100 test wins in 115 matches. Yeah, I Get heard, out of here. I mean, yeah, Get out of here. I heard in the, in the uh, interview afterwards, oh, did you know you've won 100 out of the last however many caps it was? Whatever, yeah. whatever it, and he went, oh, no, I didn't know that. Bollocks. He knew that full <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah. Cheers for that. Um, right, France against Tonga then. Uh, that was the game that took place on Sunday. Um, seventh against 16th. And for a few moments, it looked like Tonga might turn it around. Finished 23-21 to France. Um, there was a moment in the last quarter where Antoine Dupont came on. Um, he was wearing all of his clothes, quite disappointingly. Um, but uh, he managed to produce a little pass uh, to send the French away for another little score with Vakatawa in at the Oh no, was it? No, that wasn't the Vakatawa score, was it? It was. Oh, it was ruled out in the end. But he was. Uh, he he was. You know, causing all sorts of problems. Uh, and then at the other end, he makes a try-saving tackle. He was absolutely all over the place to make sure that France hung in there because Tonga very very nearly turned this one over. Yeah, I said to a few people, I'm, I I thought the Tongans might have had a good crack at this, and and they did, didn't they? Um, Alavaretti Racket, quite honestly, is unplayable at times. Um, yeah, he's starting yeah. to show what he can do. Yeah, at, at which this is stage, slightly alarming. But probably, if if the World Cup was about um, teams with with fairly lame mental capacity to hold into games and 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 stay strong, France <laughs> would win it out outright. 
<laughs> I don't want to watch that World Cup. Or do I? Maybe I do. That could be quite amusing, um, I think. Yeah, who are else they winning 50 0? Oh, God, they've lost. Scotland and France would be in the final on that, wouldn't they? Well, England would be in it from that, from that Six Nations game. <laughs> oh, we could have some amazing games. The, the comeback games. The most. The, yeah, the most mentally fragile teams going head to head. Yeah, uh, what what a thriller that would be. Um, so, well, we look back at those games. It means at the minute, uh, well, at the end of the weekend, we have two teams that have qualified, of course, for the quarterfinals. England and France from Pool C have got it sorted. Uh, and then when we look at Pool D, uh, we mentioned it earlier: Australia on eleven, Wales on nine points. In Pool B, it's New Zealand fourteen, South Africa ten. Those two cruising through you would expect, and uh, yeah, as we touched on briefly as well, Japan 14 points after three games, Ireland 11 points, and uh, Scotland with uh, well, only two games played and five points. So uh, yeah, there is uh, plenty to look forward to, and we now will look forward to the next three ga- uh, the next five games. Sorry, um, I'll just bring you back to a couple of the other bits of feedback you've had on people's favourite moments of the Rugby World Cup so far. Uh, Yian Morgan, he simply said, Thomas Williams. Um, I think you're in agreement with that, aren't you, Tom? Yeah. He's pretty good. I think he's been doing pretty well. I think he um, he'd be pretty disappointed he didn't get a shot, but I think he makes such an impact from the bench that causes his own problems really because he's that good when he comes on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sam Allman says Japan are putting on a show of all shows. Well, they're certainly doing that. Uh, Jason Gardner, uh, not the uh, former athlete, uh, just says Tonga France. So, uh, so that was obviously the most recent one. Uh, Derek Reese, another one to say gongs, uh, which gongs. I thought was uh, was was quite good. People have been loving those. Um, John Harris Bass, who's that been doing much? some of the radio commentary, uh, that what's again? That they loving the gongs that much? Yeah. Mm. To be fair, when you're actually there. They're frighteningly loud, hmm. uh, but they come across on TV all right. Uh, so John Harris-Bass uh, says, Cheslin Colby, Uruguay, Japan, Ahuri Park, the Barretts, Sushi Hamari, Fukuoka, Mount Fuji, Yakutori, oh, the people in someone's top... I'm looking forward to and that. And all things Suntory. Uh, you need to get down to Canal City in Fukuoka, I can Where? tell you that much. Uh, Canal City. Um, it's, right. uh, it's, it's a nice, nice bit of fun street food. Um, they'll charge you a fortune for it, but it's it's where the atmosphere is in Fukuoka. Fukuoka. Uh, I believe that's our can't believe that's our first Geordie mention since yeah. episode eight. Um, mm. So uh, I'm just checking to see what else we had. Yes, yeah, Steve uh, Banamal on Twitter highlights Japan, Ireland, Uruguay, Fiji, Cheslin Kobe, Matsushima, Bowden Barrett spilling the ball in front of the sticks, England making the quarters, Baksan, sellout stadiums, his lowlights, the gong, the knock-ons, the Twitter debate after every incident. Well, that's what Twitter's for, right? Um, and, uh, and thanks to, uh, to my mate Manjit, who's replied through DocMP, getting your best mate and husband drunk in Japan and making them eat food out of their comfort zone, which did actually happen. Um, so say let's out of look. something else, Um, I'm not going to go where you're going Um, let's look at then the five games coming up Tuesday 11.15 UK time 7.15 evening our time in Kobe Uh, it's South Africa against Canada Um, you had a chat to Joel Stransky didn't you I did yeah I I managed to catch him when he wasn't out on his bike my god that guy's a fitness freak um, yeah, the beginning of this. The beginning of this sounds a little bit like you're a stalker. Um, yep. So uh, let's let's hear how Tom May caught up with the 1995 South African Rugby World Cup winner. So I've come and found Joel Stransky in his room. The first thing to say is there is a massive mountain bike here. What the hell are you doing with a mountain bike here in Japan? Well, it's a problem. There's a bike bag and a bike. There's no room. There's no room left for anything else. Jeez. 
No, so I mean, I've, 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 I love the bike, and uh, and I figured if I'm going to stay sane here in Japan, being here for almost seven weeks, I'm going to bring one with. So I brought my hardtail mountain bike with. It's um, more, more of my training bike. It's, it's great for on the road, and it's it's really good for diesel, for you know some off off road stuff. Um, but most importantly, here, I mean, I'm not really going to do much off road stuff because if you fall yeah, and you're on your own, there's no one to come save you. <laughs> you're not ringing in, are you? No. But uh, but but at least on the hotel, I can hop the pavement and I can you know shoot through the red lights and I can do all those things we're not supposed to do. And it gives you a bit of time away, I guess, from the rugby. Um, back to it, the the Springboks they go up against Canada on on Tuesday. Do you think this is quite a frustrating group for both South Africa and New Zealand, given that the three other teams aren't really at the races? So I'm not sure I'd use the word frustrating. I think it gives them opportunity to um, to look at different combinations, yeah. to give some exposure to other players, um, to see where you know some players returning from injury. Right, Brody Retallick was back out there today. You know, I think um, if there are players who are coming back from injury, it's the ideal return field. You know, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. But I think what it does do is uh, um, it does disadvantage them slightly. If you think of England, France, Argentina in one group, and then they've still got, you know, Tonga and the USA. It's quite yeah. competitive. Every game is is um, they're certainly going to win. You know, most of those games, but they're competitive. Which it just means they get to the knockout stage maybe a little bit more equipped. Now France and England have both qualified for the quarterfinals this weekend. Um, who do you think is looking pretty good for? for all of those cool final spots and who's going to progress towards the, the semis and the finals? I think the reality is if you want to win the World Cup, you've got to beat the best teams in the world, so it doesn't matter which way you go. But um, for me right now, I've been hugely impressed with with Japan Yeah. Um, in, in that group, which was also a tough group with, with Ireland and Scotland. Um, Samoa, who I thought played out of their skins last night, and, and, and at one point I thought they were going to beat Japan, and then... Japan just you know lifted their game and found another level and and continued to uh, continue this fairy tale journey. You know, so I, th- I actually think Japan might might top that group now. Before last night, I thought they were going to lose to Scotland and maybe come second. I think they might beat Scotland and they might they might that that journey might continue. So they will then, unfortunately, you win that group, you got to play the Springboks. I mean, how tough is that? Two thousand fifteen. But all over again. Yeah, it's a, it's you're a, convinced it's not going to happen again. <laughs> it's it's not going to happen again. It's, it's I, I'm 100 percent convinced. I mean, I, look, I didn't think they would beat us last time out, but I, I think the Springbok team is just better equipped. They have a better spirit. They're a happier squad, and they are just physical. Yeah, br- brutes. You know, they just they just smash you into the ground. They just that's probably something Japan haven't faced yet, isn't it? In they, they haven't. And and I thought Samoa gave them a little bit of that last night, and then they did well to start shifting the ball away. You know, a couple of channels wider and play away from the physical side. But the Springboks won't let them shift the ball, you know, and um, it'll be tough for them. But first they have to beat Scotland. And and then, you know, New Zealand, I think, um, well, they're just marching forward, aren't they? Yeah. They were they were brilliant in that opening game against South Africa. They managed to absorb the pressure that the Springboks put on them and find a way to get through, which is the sign of a great side. England, I think, have shown some good signs. Maybe not at their best yesterday. And maybe the score flattered them a bit. And if there hadn't been a red card, it may have been a whole lot less. But England, I think, have have the big game temperament to go all the way as well. They know how to play the big moments, which is most important. And we've seen Fiji, you and I watched Fiji go against Georgia, yeah. and they were sensational at the times. Yeah. Do you think they can trouble Wales? I think Wales um, have a have an in, inherent self-belief, which is mm. their, their, uh, their magic at the moment. You know, I think to win the World Cup, there's certain things you've got to do. You have a good pack of fours, you've got to defend well, you've got to kick your goals. 
Um, you, you need an experienced coach to make some good decisions, experienced leadership. But most importantly, you need a bit of magic. I think for yeah. Wales, the magic is that self-belief. And yeah. um, if I look at that team on paper, it's a good team. It's not a great team. Um, if you picked a World 15, there'd be maybe one, maybe two players in that World 15. It wouldn't be laced with Welsh yeah. players. Um, but they have this, this self-belief and this ability, again, to play the big moments um, in an inspired way. And, and uh, you know, in that game against Australia, which was really the pool decider, um, I thought they did really well to hang on. You know, they smartly kicked a, a couple of drop goals. They took every opportunity. They got ahead and they just hung on for dear love. Um, but again... If you can only just barely hang on against Australia, you're not going to beat the All Blacks and you're not going to beat South Africa. So my favourite bit of that whole chat is, uh, well, he's certainly not giving an awful lot of love to the Welsh, is he? He says they're a good team, they're not a great team, uh, and they wouldn't get many players in a World 15. Uh, so he's not planning on holidaying in uh, in Newport anytime soon. No, look, I, I know what he means, um, and, I, and I think he's probably right. Their, their collective is far better than their individual, and I think that's the most important thing about about this World Cup and, and the teams that are going to do well. Um, you can't you can't have um, an amazing group of individuals that just don't don't work together, don't bond together. Um, mm. it, it just it just doesn't it doesn't work like that. Um, and I think you know that's that's coming from a, someone in Joel Stransky that, that knows exactly how to win a World Cup. Um, yeah, I mean, I was thinking about someone like Alan Wynne Jones, and I thought, okay, he's a yeah. massive leader, and and we know what a popular figure he is. All the caps he's got, British and Irish lion. Um, but then you, I, I then just said, sort of was tempting myself to say, all right, will you put him alongside his British and Irish lions second row, Mario Itoji, who you know may not have the the miles on the clock that that AWJ has, but you know you compare him to then Broder Italic as well, or or Lou De Yaga. Courtney Laws. I mean, there, there are a lot of people up there that if you were putting a World 15 together, you might have him for his leadership, but actually would you have him for the impact he can make as a second row? Well, this is, this is half, half the argument with a lot of people that are sort of bagging George Ford. Oh, well, he wouldn't even get in the Lions team. Well, he doesn't have to because he's just got to get in the England team. You know, It's true. Do you know what I mean? It's like, well, it's a completely different scenario. Um, there are other players that are, that are just as good or, or better than, um, you know... Players that that we have in our in our home nations that we want to see do well, and I think I think um, that there's probably Alan Wynne Jones is probably one of the guys that I think he would say he probably would get into um, his world fifteen if you like um, mm. Jonathan Davis maybe, um, but you, you know you I think you'd only find probably three from each team anyway. I know what he means. Yeah, I do. Well, it was good to hear from him, and uh, and good job on catching up with uh, with the man. Uh, South Africa, Canada, then in Kobe, uh, and uh, well, that will be uh, pretty easy work for South Africa. Will we read anything as to whether the Springboks put more points on Canada than the All Blacks? Probably not. No, not no. at all. all right. well, they stopped, The All Blacks stopped playing at sixty minutes, didn't they? Basically. Well, it is, yeah. We'll move on then. Um, three games on Wednesday. I mean, that sort of comes out of nowhere. We, we've, we're sort of used to our big weekends, and then suddenly as we lead into the final week of group matches, um, they pop up with three games on Wednesday. There's a, a belter, to six in, They are, yeah. Well, at quarter to six in the morning, uh, and a one forty-five kickoff uh, on Wednesday. It is Argentina against the USA, uh, Kumagaya Rugby Stadium. 
that one is going to be, uh, well, an absolute treat, I would hope. Um, the USA are basically looking at this as an opportunity to get qualification as the third team in the pool because that would make them one of the 12 teams that goes towards France 2023 without having to go through further qualification. So they would be one of the seeded teams. Um, so while everybody's been assuming they're just targeting that Tonga game as the only team that they are above in terms of world rankings, well, actually, they're fancying their chances at knocking off the Pumas. Well, and it's a good opportunity, isn't it? Argentina coming off a mauling from England. Um, short, short few days short turnaround, turnaround as well. Yeah, they'll be pretty disappointed. They've missed out on qualification. Where are they mentally? Um, yeah. There's your opportunity for the States. Cool. And it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty tasty. So I'm really looking forward to that one uh, in Kumagaya, the, uh, the rugby town, as they call it. Uh, then following that one in Shizuoka, it is Scotland against Russia, 8.15 UK time quarter past four local time uh, that should be pretty easy for Scotland uh, if it isn't then they've got some serious problems well Scotland will win that but I think we'll also see Russia put in another really spirited performance and we get to see another incredible interview from Vasily Artemiev <laughs> where he's clapping yeah, his hands that's what we've got to look forward to. I mean, what is the worry for Scotland? Not saying they're not going to win, because I would expect they would, but is that, like we said in the last pod, Russia have just been looking for opponents to play against, and the more they play, the more they're improving and getting better. So Scotland will need to be on their mettle for this. They will, they will, but, um, you know, they, they'll win that. There's, there's no question about that. Um, hmm. I think it's the manner that they, that they win that game in that makes a difference, because they're then coming into that fixture against... Um, the Japanese on the back of a short turnaround for them. Now, let's not forget yeah. that in 2015, Japan went in to the Scottish game at Gloucester after playing Brighton on the back of a four-day turnaround. Well, they get their revenge this time round. Well, will they? We wait and see. Uh, then, uh, following that, 10.45, Oita Stadium in Pool D, uh, UK kickoff. It's a 6.45 local game. Uh, Wales against Fiji. So much chat ahead of the tournament about the surprises that Fiji could spring. They haven't quite come to the party with as many surprises as we might want. Well, they sprung a surprise and they lost to Uruguay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was an anti-surprise. Um, so uh, I, I'm unfortunately I'm slightly less excited about this game than than I want to be. But then after many years of of looking at November international schedules in Cardiff and suddenly seeing Wales lose to a tier two nation, you just never know. <laughs> no, you never know. But having seen the Fijians against um, the Georgians as well during the week, they were incredible yeah. to watch. Uh, Randrandra yeah, was unbelievable, good. and and if you ever think that that maybe there's a chance this is it when when sort of Wales come in thinking you know we should be all right here, but actually under the radar Fiji have sort of pissed about a bit, and now they just get their stuff in order and then come in with an absolute belter of a performance. Yeah. Well, I'm certainly going to watch it, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, and do. then uh, rounding off our previews for this pod, um, we're going to let you have a whole week to enjoy these games. Uh, it is Australia against Georgia on Friday, 11.15 in the morning UK time, quarter past seven uh, local time, that one in Shizuoka. Uh, again, it shouldn't cause any problems for the Australians, but one thing Australia don't really like is a massively physical scrap, and the Georgians are certainly going to give them that with Graham Roundtree looking after them. Yeah, all the adsies and idsies will have a right old crack against the um, the Australians. But yeah, I think I think you're right that Wales and Australia have just got to manage these last two fixtures just to make sure they 
they come out of them in some pretty good shape ahead of the, the quarterfinals, in my opinion. Yeah. And then we will be at quarterfinal time. We will be bringing out a pod towards the end of the week then, uh, once we've started to see these games take shape and we probably know a few more of the qualifiers. Of course, that following weekend uh, is pretty tasty itself with New Zealand, Italy, England, France, Ireland, Samoa, uh, Namibia, Canada, which I actually think could be quite entertaining, uh, and then the USA against Tonga, Wales against Uruguay, Japan against Scotland. My goodness. It's, I, you know, I think I'd almost forgotten I'd almost forgotten how massive that end weekend is. Um, I think we sort of half thought it could be from the outset, but now we've seen what's happened. Um, there is so much to look forward to, so we'll be bringing you that towards the end of the week and hopefully with a couple of decent guests, if we can ring her a few in. Um, any other business, Tom? You visited your first onsen. I went to my first onsen and I slept in my first pod. Um, oh, yeah, you did? Yeah. How was it? It was all right, but I, I, like I had the one that was sort of on second floor, if you get what I mean. We went out oh, to yeah, climb okay. a ladder. It was, oh, it was so awkward to get in it. Your little stiff, legs, bless stiff you. Stiff back, like stiff back central. But when you walk past the Japanese people in, in the pods, mate, they have got their shit in order in there. Like everything oh, really? is in like the right order, the right space, and it just works for them. Um, yeah. Whereas mine looked like literally a bomb <laughs> had gone off inside it. And I was just, <laughs> oh, it's too small, it's too small. Uh, but I was lying there in the middle of the night, and you know, obviously, people can go, all right, I'm not going to go home because I'm too drunk. Uh, I just need to find somewhere to get yeah. my head down. They go and pay, you know, it was about 40 quid, I think, for the night. Um, and I'm sure someone vomed in their pod. Oh, no, that's got to be hideous. Oh, it'd be horrific, especially if you were on the level yeah. that I was on, because someone's getting dripped on down below. Um, really? There's only what? a little. It's, it's actually. Oh, it's open. So the end of there's the no pod is open. So the, no, no. So you've got your bed, and then there's a little sort of... Yeah. There's like a cloth bit at the end. It's like a little curtain that you just pull down. There's oh, nothing right. to stop someone pulling the curtain up, though. And there's nothing to yeah. stop the bloke's oh, vomit dripping so, on the bloke so below. So someone either. just leans out the end of theirs and voms down the side. Oh, it was horrendous. And then, you know, people start going, oh, I'm up, I'm up now, so I better go home, five o'clock in the morning. It's like, keep the noise down, mate. Not all of us are going. Oh wow! Um, oh, but wow. it was a good experience. And then I had a. Then I had a. You know, did you have to sit on the um, on the child's plastic seat before you got in the onsen? That's what you do, mate. You've got to sit yeah, there. Yeah, it's just a bit weird. That it's just a bit weird. Then you go into the pools, and then you're meant to come back, and then use your little towel to kind of have a good rub down and a scrub again, exfoliate, and well, then you go in again. Yeah, I mean, I did, I did everything in the right order. I just a, it was pretty awkward getting that like, that low. There's no need to use a seat that is so small, though. My daughter's got a seat that's bigger <laughs> than that, and there's, I don't need to be sat on the end of it cleaning my meat and veg and my my feet and everything <laughs> like that, and then going into a hot pool and then coming back out and feeling really relaxed and going making my back really stiff on a child's seat again. It's just a bit <laughs> weird, isn't it? But I did like yeah, the hot pool. Like, I mean, it was ridiculously hot. Yeah. Oh, I think it's great. Um, one yeah. thing I think is going to be revolutionary when it arrives here, I, I don't know if I've said this before, but it, when, when Japanese men understand, understand manscaping, it's oh, going to change Jesus. the world. I mean, it I've takes pubes to a whole different level, doesn't it? It's incredible, isn't it? I mean, I know we lost a fair bit of the Amazon rainforest during the summer, but my <laughs> God, those boys could make up some... Sm- <laughs> oh, yeah. For a, for a relatively hairless nation as well, on the rest of the Oh, world, um, yeah. Like... like Lacking in hair on their legs, but my God, they make up for it. <laughs> um, so there we are. Sensitive cultural issues mm. covered covered right here 
on the Rugby mm. Report Japan 2019 with Betfred. Um, that'll do us then, Tom. Uh, enjoy the next few days. Um, got anything? Uh, got anything exciting planned? Uh, I've got a day off tomorrow, which will be quite nice. Uh, and then I'm getting prepped for South Africa, Canada on Wednesday um, before I head down. No, sorry, on Tuesday night before I head down to um, Fukuoka on Wednesday. Fukuoka. So I'm we'll have a Fukuoka great time. Uh, and, uh, and thank you very much once again. Uh, keep your reviews coming. Keep in touch with us on at the Rugby Report underscore on Twitter. Uh, and uh, tell your friends if you enjoy listening. Tell no one if you think it's rubbish. Um, all the best from the two of us, and we'll catch up with you at the end of the week. The Rugby Report Japan 2019 is sponsored by Betfred. There's a plethora of offers on all of the action in Japan from Betfred. Boosted odds on players to score any time, top tournament try scorers, handicap bets, pick your punt specials and boosts around the biggest games. There's plenty of twists and turns left before this tournament is over and you can experience it all with Betfred. 18s and over, be gambleaware.org, full T's and C's apply. See betfred.com for more information. When the fun stops, stop. This has been a Rugby Media Production.